The confession this evening is Belgian Confession, Article 27. Belgian Confession, Article 27. It's about a Holy Catholic Church. Another word for Catholic is general. Holy General Church. Or also universal. We believe and confess one single Catholic or universal church. Holy congregation and gathering of true Christian believers. Awaiting their entire salvation in Jesus Christ. Being washed by his blood and sanctified and sealed by the Holy Spirit. The church has existed from the beginning of the world. Will last until the end as appears from the fact that Christ is eternal King who cannot be without subjects. This holy church is preserved by God against the rage of the whole world, even though for a time it may appear very small in the eyes of men, as though it were snuffed out. For example, during the very dangerous time of Ahab, the Lord preserved for himself 7,000 men who did not bend their knees to Baal. And so this holy church is not confined, bound, or limited to a certain place or certain persons, but is spread and dispersed throughout the entire world, those still joined and united in heart and will, in one and the same spirit, by the power of faith. Let us sing. God himself is with us. And let us stand while we sing this. God himself is with us. 16, 13 to 20. It's titled there, Peter Confesses Jesus as the Christ. Now when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, Who do people say that the Son of Man is? And they said, Some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He said to them, But who do you say that I am? Simon Peter replied, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. May God bless the reading of his word. Oh, one more, one more. Um, and Jesus answered him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. Oh, sorry. And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Then he strictly charged the disciples to tell no one that he was the Christ. May God bless the reading of his word. A topic is these words of Jesus. Verse 18. I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I will build my church. Beloved in our Lord Jesus Christ. Is there still a need for a church? Still a need to attend church? 
Churches are getting small, and if you go to the plaza on a Sunday, it appears not many people experience that need. Many act nowadays that they are part of the invisible church. They say they are believers, but we never see them. They are there to receive, but have so little to give. And if you ask them, they would say, I'm so busy. I have no time, no money. And they say, I will serve the Lord on my own, my own terms, and through my computer. Is there still a need for the regular church services and the visible church? that meet on Sundays. And so the Word of God tells us that there's now more need than ever to hold on to God's Word, to hold on to the confession that Jesus is Christ, as it was revealed to Peter and the Apostles through the Holy Spirit. But also the comfort this evening that this holy church is preserved by God against the rage of the whole world. It's not up to us. It has never been. It's a great comfort that the church will always be there. And that's because of the head of the church who promised that the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Also this comfort that Christ is eternal king who cannot be without subjects. But what should a church do? They should proclaim the gospel. The gospel about the salvation of Jesus is the message. And the product of the gospel is the local church. And it started, and that's the New Testament church. Of course, and our confession is clear, that the church started in the Old Testament already, because church are people. And the first congregants of the Old Testament church were Adam and Eve. And so the Lord called these people. But the New Testament church started on Pentecost. For more than 20 centuries, and up to this day, the church is the light of the world and the salt of the earth. Through the Holy Spirit, people preach the word of God and hold on and held on to the confession that Jesus is Lord and God's work, word was at work through His Spirit. And everywhere God's word is proclaimed, Romans 10, people will be brought to faith. That's the Lord's promise. Also Acts 2 verse 41 so those who received his word were baptized, and they were added that day about 3,000 souls. But what do we confess about church? And why can we find so much comfort in this confession about the church? We believe and confess one single Catholic or universal church. That's the church right through the world, but also local the Holy Congregation. And that's the gathering of true Christian believers. And what do these true Christian believers do? 
They are awaiting their entire salvation in Jesus Christ, being washed by His blood and sanctified and sealed by the Holy Spirit. And so the church is the object of our faith. The church is a reality. It's God's reality. And the church, God's congregation, in Black's land, is how God sees us as His people. How Christ instituted the church here in Matthew 16. The church is His, consists of redeemed people, washed in His blood, was sanctified and sealed by the Holy Spirit. The English word church is derived from the Greek word kirihake, kirihake, meaning belonging to the Lord. What we confess in Lord's Day 1, that we belong body and soul, life and death, to our Redeemer Jesus Christ. Belonging to the Lord, that's what church means. And the word characterizes the fact that the church was bought by the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ and so belongs to Him. But if you read the New Testament, the word kirihaki do not appear in the New Testament as a word for the church. Instead, the Bible uses the word ecclesia. This word was well known by the Greeks of the early New Testament. And that describes an assembly of believers. That's how Paul addressed the congregation of Corinth. Corinth, in chapter 1, verse 2. He called them the church of God that is in Corinth. Literally, the assembly of believers of God that is in Corinth, sanctified in Christ Jesus. The assembly of believers belonging to God being in Corinth. And so Paul used the word ecclesia as well. And its hearers understood it well. Congregation or assembly. Assembly of a meeting that a people, an assembly of meeting is called a congregation. And if you are a member, you are someone that is called out. Same in Old Testament. The word, Hebrew word, kahal, also means to be called out. The elect. And so a church is a meeting of those who are called by the Lord. Called together, together. And when Paul calls them the church of God, they were people that were called and elected by God himself. As the Lord told Paul himself in Acts 18, I have many in this city who are my people. And we can know this of Australia as well. That's why we have church. In Australia. And the church was called in such a way because we are sanctified in Christ. And to be sanctified in Christ is to live differently than the world. That means to be holy. There's something that's different about the believers in Christ and the world. That means that we were called out of the darkness into the light of Christ. That's the process of regeneration. And therefore the Apostle John said himself in chapter 1 verse 12 to 13, 
But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were not born, nor of blood, of the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but they are of God. And so our Lord Jesus Christ in Matthew 16, verse 18, also used the word ecclesia. And his hearers on the road to Caesarea Philippi, and they knew exactly what Jesus was talking about. And he told Peter, I will build my church. I will build my church. And his hearers understood immediately what Jesus meant. Jesus did not speak of an invisible global entity comprising all the elect. They understood that Jesus meant an assembly of his people. Ecclesia. This church was founded by Jesus. He's the head of his church. And now Jesus told us as well, it is built by him. The foundation is Jesus. This is the reason we exist, a Christian church. And if a congregation is built on anything else than Jesus... The living word, it will disappear. The Lord said himself in the book of Revelation that he will take their candle away if they are not built on him, if they don't preach the gospel, if they don't show the light and act as salt. But the greatest comfort, and we can hear this before our congregational meeting as well, we are not in control. Jesus is. Jesus was here from the beginning, and he will be victorious. And therefore we confess this church has existed from the beginning of the world, will last until the end, as it appears from the fact that Christ is eternal king, who cannot be without subjects. But what should we do as church? Firstly, the Lord told Peter himself. The first thing is to confess that Jesus is Lord. The church is built on the confession that Jesus is Lord. And therefore, we need to preach the gospel so that people can come to faith and confess that Jesus is Lord. But they can also do that. It's a big comfort that the Lord is building His church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. The Lord is building His church, has provided His Spirit, brought people, and is still bringing people to faith. And Jesus will build His church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. There are so many things that are happening that we need to be assured that the gates of hell shall not prevail. We need to hear that. What's the gate of hell? The gate of Hades, or hell, are the gates of death. And Hades is the place of the dead in Jewish thought. That's hell. That's the gates that make death look powerful and invincible. Something that people fear. It's the last enemy. As if what is dead is dead forever can never get out of death. 
But the Lord Jesus Christ assured us that the gates of hell will not stop me from rescuing people from death. Through the confession that is Lord, through the gospel. And how is he doing that? The Lord gives the answer in verse 21 of our Bible reading. From that time Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elder and the chief priests and scribes and be killed and the third day be raised. Jesus did that through his spirit and showed them that he was the son of God. And through that he opened the doors of Hades from the inside when he died. And he was getting into that death, doors of death by dying. But he also got out by his resurrection. And now death is not invincible anymore. Death is conquered. Revelation 1 verse 18, he said, I died and behold, I'm alive forevermore, and I have the keys of death and Hades. Satan is not in control. The Lord is. We still cannot avoid death. We must go through death to go to eternal life. But Jesus conquered death. Gave us the reason to hope. And have everlasting hope as eternal members of his church. We don't have to fear death. He conquered death. And in Jesus we are alive. And this is the church's message that will bring people to life. The message that we need to share. Jesus paid for our sins. And he is alive. Therefore, the power of sin and death is broken. Jesus died for us on the cross and he took all our sins upon himself. And before that, death was at work in people. The end was the grave, the eternal grave. But then Jesus died, is risen. And now we die in Jesus, Romans 5. We are buried in him, but we are also resurrected in him in a new life. And that's our eternal hope. In Jesus, we are alive. And that's the hope and the wonderful message that the church needs to proclaim. We don't have to fear death. We don't have to fear this world. You don't have to fear tomorrow. You don't have to fear the grave. You are alive in Jesus. Jesus is risen. And he has founded his church in the confession that he is God. But what should we do then? As co-workers, 1 Corinthians 3 verse 9. We should be obedient to the word and spirit. Jesus said to Peter in verse 19 of our Bible reading, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you lose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. And our task as the church is to proclaim the gospel. And he entrusted this keys of the kingdom of heaven to his church. These keys, according to our confession, heart of a catechism, Lord's Day 31, are the preaching of the gospel and the Christian discipline towards repentance. And so the kingdom of heaven is opened by preaching the gospel. Publicly declaring to all believers that as often as they accept the gospel promise and true faith, God, because of what Christ has done, truly forgives 
all their sins. But the kingdom of heaven is closed by proclaiming and publicly declaring to unbelievers and hypocrites that if they do not repent, the anger of God in eternal condemnation rests on them. God's judgment both in this life and the life to come is based on this gospel testimony. And therefore, even if there's a storm on earth, the gospel message should be proclaimed. And the essence of the message should always be Christ, because, said Paul, I will always preach Christ crucified. The gospel testimony is Jesus, that he forgives our sins, and that we are alive in him, and they should be proclaimed in and out of season, that in Jesus alone our sins are forgiven. They should be proclaimed that Jesus is Lord. But also, there should be a call to repentance. People who dishonor God's love and sacrifice through Jesus, so that they can repent and turn back to Jesus. And if they do not, they will be excluded from eternal life and thrown into eternal damnation. And so the church should be busy by living and preaching the gospel. This is our task as Blacksland. Why the Lord called us to be. What we should do. Remember, it's not our task. And up to us if people will believe. God bends even the hardest heart of stone to a heart of flesh and giving faith. What we should do is just build on the foundation of our Lord Jesus Christ. And our confession also states and comforts that the Lord is preserving His church. This holy church is preserved by God against the rage of the whole world. Even though for a time it may appear very small in the eyes of men as though it were snuffed out. For example, during the very dangerous time of Ahab, the Lord preserved for himself 7,000 men who did not bend their knees to Baal. Someone said to me once, Wise elder, when I just started ministry, do not be discouraged if the church is getting smaller. Maybe it's the Lord who is telling us that most of his elect are now in the glorious church in heaven. Our task is still to preach the gospel and remember that God is in control. And that's what the Lord said in 1 Kings 19 to his servant Elijah when he was in despair and thought he was alone there to do God's work. God's work will continue, even if we are not there. God's work and His supremacy will continue until the last elect is born. That's Belgian Confession, Article 37. And the Lord is appointing His people, and God is using people through His grace. He didn't need us, but through His grace alone to execute His judgment on the people's sin, to call them to repent us. Repentance, and he entrusted this beautiful gospel message to us. 
God revealed to Elijah in 1 Kings 19 verse 18, Yet I will leave 7,000 in Israel, all the knees that have not bowed to Baal, and every mouth that has not kissed them. 7,000, everyone the Lord determined will be there. 7,000. God remains faithful to himself first. He chose his people, and he chose them before the foundation of the world, and he will maintain his covenant with his people. And out of that covenant, he promised these people that our Savior Jesus Christ would be born. That was fulfilled in Jesus. And what belongs to the Lord, his church, those who were called out by the Lord, he will protect. And the gates of hell, will not prevail against this church. The gates of hell will not prevail, and the true church, Belgian Confession Article 29, will always be there. That's the church that is true to the preaching of the Word of God, to the administering of the sacraments, and the discipline. Those will always be there. And the Lord will protect. And that church will continue until the last day. That's the Lord's promise. And that's not because of our faithfulness. That's only because of the Lord's grace and His Spirit. I want to co- conclude with Jesus' encouragement to the small church in Philadelphia. A church that were really small in numbers. Revelation 3 verse 7 to 13 when He assured him in verse 7 and to the angel of the church in Philadelphia write, The words of the Holy One, the true one who has the key of David, who opens and no one will shut, who shuts and no one will open. Philadelphia was one church out of the seven churches in the book of Revelation that did not receive condemnation from the Lord. Yet despite opposition and persecution, the Lord has set before them an open door that no earthly power could shut. They were small in numbers, but they were faithful to the word of God. Philadelphia means love between brothers. It was a small congregation. It was built in a region that was known for earthquakes. But despite the fear for earthquakes and persecution from the synagogue of Satan, that's the Jews that were persecuting them for their faith in Jesus, the members of the congregation of Philadelphia persevered in the confession that Jesus is Lord. The confession of Matthew 16, verse 18. They were not intimidated. They did not flee. And they held on to the confession. Their works and life were visible to see and it reflected on Jesus, the founder of the church. Philadelphia did all on to the word, but they also shared. They shared the gospel and they were given an open door as a testimony to the world. And they loved for each other and Jesus were visible to the whole world as a testimony of Jesus. That this is the Lord's church. To them Jesus said, the one who conquers, I will make him a pillar in the temple of my God. Never shall he go out of it. And I will write in him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem, which comes down from my God out of heaven in my own new name. For us there's so much comfort that we should hold on to this confession, 
all to the, hold on to the name of Jesus, and we will become a pillar in the new Jerusalem. Pillars are carrying a building. They will be bestowed with heavenly glory, with the names of God in the new Jerusalem. They will be strengthened God's heavenly kingdom here on earth. What is our task, brothers and sisters? Hold on to Jesus. Hold on to the confession that Jesus is Lord. Be obedient to Him. Be faithful to Him. Do not be discouraged by the times. But remember that the church belongs to Jesus, was paid for by Jesus' blood, was sanctified through His Spirit, and the Lord is protecting His church. Amen. Let us pray. Oh, Heavenly Father, what a beautiful confession that we can hold on, that Jesus is Lord, and that we are your church, that we shouldn't fear that there can be some turbulent times, times of persecution, but never have we, do we have to fear, because you are Lord and your church will persevere until the last day. We don't have to be afraid about all the things that are going on because you are in control. You comforted your people in this day that we can be comforted amidst affliction. You are the Lord and you are holding the keys of David. You are opening up and you are closing and that's only because that of the fact that you are the Lord. We don't have to fear anything, but know that we are more than conquerors in Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen.